This is the Circus Voices Podcast from CircusTalk.com. I'm Book Kinnison. It's April 2nd as I make this recording, and that feels significant since every day is both completely unprecedented and exactly like the day before. That's just to say it's hard to know where we'll be on April 6th when this episode is due to be released, but our hope is that all of us will be doing a little bit better than we are today. Anyway, our guest for this episode is Julie Jenkins. She's one of the founders of Midnight Circus here in Chicago. Full disclosure, I work for Midnight Circus, as does Zoe, my co-producer. So, the Jenkins family and I live in the same neighborhood, although we haven't seen each other in what already feels like a long time. Every year we finish our tour at our local park, right up the street, and I'm thinking about our circus our little big top, and I'm hoping we can get back there. Cast, audience, everyone packed in tight, ready for another show. Let's get to the episode. Zoe recorded this intro before we went into isolation, and it was a good take, so I didn't want it to go to waste. Here we go. You're listening to See You Down the Road, true circus stories told by the artists who live them. I'm Zoe Kennison. On today's episode, Julie Jenkins. Julie is an actor and director from Chicago, Illinois. She and her husband, Jeff, are the founders of Midnight Circus and its long-running Circus in the Parks program in Chicago. In this episode, Julie opens up about becoming a mother, retaining her identity as an artist, and how her two children, Max and Sam, have been raised by their circus community. Here's Julie Jenkins. In the early 2000s, we were the artistic directors of Circus Smirkus, an all-youth touring circus company based in Vermont. And we were also the founders and creators and artistic directors of a company here in Chicago that we created in the 90s called Midnight Circus. We were on tour with Smirkus and I kept falling asleep. I would say, hey, that was great shows. Let's get the troopers to their homestays and let's celebrate. And no sooner did everybody get their tour duties done and I'd be sitting there and I'd open up my drink and I'd fall asleep. I mean, I could not stay awake on that tour. I think there's a bunch of pictures floating around of me in black fishnets sleeping backstage. And I got back to Chicago and found out I was pregnant. I worked in the air over granite. It seemingly, I was like, I can do this. This isn't going to change anything. We're just going to have a baby, but life will still be the same. And then in 2005, our first child, Max, was born. And he was born in May, and we usually would go out to Vermont to start pre-production mid-May. And I had ended up having an emergency C-section, and I was like, whoa, this is like, there is a living person (laughs) depending on me. And so I sent Jeff along with the dogs. 
into Vermont. And he took off, drove there by himself with the dogs, and I was left with this newborn baby. Very quickly made the decision, I think he was four weeks old, that, um, no, 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 I, I need to... I need to go to Vermont. I need to go to Circus Mercus because I just, I already felt like, wow, who am I now? What am I gonna do? I have this baby, this is gonna change everything. Now the baby's here. And so probably the most powerful thing I did was book the, the plane ticket and hop on a plane with a four week old newborn. I knew if I could just get to Vermont, somebody would be there to pick me up and take me to the circus barn and everything would be fine. And it was, that was really, an important step in us still being able to consider ourselves uh, viable artists. And then Hurricane Katrina happened later that year. I looked at Jeff and I said, we need to shut down the circus. We need to stop doing this. We have nothing to do to help people. Let's run away from the circus and join a real life. Maybe I'll go to nursing school. And I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do something too. And we're going to be helpers in the world. We're not just going to be artists. That was the path we were on until um, we overheard at our local park. They were going to shut down our playground because it was run down and they didn't have the money to rebuild it. So... I came home from the playground and I went to Jeff and I said, okay, we're going to shut down the circus, but first we're going to do one weekend of shows. We went from being a for-profit company, performing in theaters and corporate events to a non-profit arts organization and all that that entails. So in some ways, becoming a mom that first time, it's the only reason we're still producing and producing the way we're doing. Then I got pregnant again. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing we wanted to do was put our kids in the circus ring because who, what circus performer in their right mind, what actor in their right mind, what musician in their right mind would actually want your children to follow in, in your footsteps? Because you know, you know, eventually they're going to face rejection and eventually they're going to face financial uncertainty. And it's just, they're going to have a really rich life and experiences, but they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for that. Oh, man, I'm remembering the actually Max's debut in the ring was much earlier. Again, you make do. We were on tour with Circus Mercus. Jeff was performing with our dog Lola. They had this great act. 
actually we all three had a great act and it would finish with a three high Jeff on the bass and I would be on Jeff's shoulders and then Lola would run up to my shoulders and it was amazing Lola was so good Jeff wanted to perform that act we were on tour with Circus Mercus and Lola was there and we should perform it and I um, had this newborn Jeff would pull me out of the audience and he would bring no he'd first pull the baby out of the audience and people were horrified and he'd bring the newborn baby up to the pit bull and he would just hold the baby in front of the pit bull and of course the pit bull would lick this baby's face because it was its person right it lived with this newborn baby that Lola thought Max was her baby too and then he would hand the baby to one of the clowns assisting and I would be this horrified mom and I would come out to get my baby and then Jeff would put me on his shoulders and Lola then would run to the top of my shoulders and then we would take a family bow the four of us yeah that was a really special time there's been so many of those special moments that um, I'm grateful for that I, that have made not just being a circus producer director performer special but it's I think it's made my kids childhood really special we we used the circus as a parenting technique we were with our kids we would say especially in those early years you can't be in the circus unless you can do something so if you want to do something you have to work hard at it and you have to practice and then you can be in the show we got the chance to have these incredibly cool artists from all over model good behavior for our children. And they shared their knowledge and skills in the ring and out of the ring with our kids. They saw people practice and they saw what it took and they respected it and you could tell they wanted to be a part of it. And provided they were willing to learn the artists were willing to share with them. So that's that's a gift. That's been a huge gift. So Max has gone on to do other kinds of performing too, and he has done some film and television, and people will say to him on sets that will remark, wow, you have the most amazing work ethic for, for someone so young. And he will he will always respond with, I mean, I'm not working hard here. Nothing's harder than the circus. <laughs> and so we were doing Midnight Circus in the Parks. We were growing that program, but I had stopped performing altogether, really. And I had also felt like I had lost a lot of my identity because I, so much of my identity was tied to being a performer. And that went on for about three years, where I just sort of kind of dabbled in performance, but I didn't think I could perform in the same way. It, it became clear that this program that we were doing needed to grow, and we needed a circus tent. I got very inspired to work again and started training again. The first summer we got the tent, 2011, Jeff and I performed our 
two-person comedy acrobatic knockabout routine. And I think having been through all this life, I think it was the funniest it's ever been. Maybe the skills weren't quite as sharp, but they were, they came back. We were training hard. And so we got to perform as circus performers in our tent that first year. And then, um, then we hung up our acrobatic ways <laughs> and just became directors and producers. We've been really great at creating community and creating a company where people feel ownership of the experience and they feel part of the family because they are part of the family. And where we are not very strong is in our business sense in terms of, you know, every business people would meet with us along the way and they'd say, you have to have a plan. What's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? Or when you're writing grants, you have to say, oh, this is our three-year plan. This is our five-year plan. And this is like just not a way we ever used to think. So when I think about what my goals are, you know, in motherhood, in circus, in the evolution of the company. I have this idea that eventually my family, the Jenkins family, will not be there. We can't. It's not sustainable. And that then other families, other family members would step up and it would be okay for our very loyal audiences because they would be still invested and there's still that familial bond amongst the performers. I like the idea of, at some point, other performers will bring their families in and that family will become the nucleus and their kids will benefit from living this really beautiful life. And then I hope someday my kids come back and know that this is our home. After I had Max, one kid, I was still young. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm an artist. And that was part of that, taking that journey to Vermont for me was like, I, I, I was like, what is my identity now? And it was like, wait a second. I decided to have children because I wanted to, to share my life with them. I didn't want to give up my life. That was very much the case when it was just the three of us and our dogs it was like, I still felt very much like an artist who also had a kid. And that became more challenging with the second. I was also a little older. There is something I'm very aware of as a woman, as a middle-aged woman, you start to feel invisible. You start to feel like you're not being seen anymore. That's the, been the challenge of my generation. We're not accepting that it's time for us to, you know, disappear. We're sandwiched between being the children of our aging parents and parents of our 
children who are growing up. And that is a very confusing and painful uh, time in life, I think. And I also think that in the most painful times in my life, some of the best stuff has been created. So I'm just trying to breathe through it all. book. Um, so I have taken a long time to do this because I mostly just start recording my thoughts and I burst into tears. <laughs> so my family has been sheltering in and we're really lucky because um, we have a circus in our garage. It's where we rehearse Midnight Circus. So that space is filled with a lot of energy and hope. It's um, filled with a lot of promise for the future. And gosh, I'm getting a little emotional. It's been a stressful time uh, uh, for me when I look back at when we did this interview several months ago. Uh, I talked in the podcast about being in the sandwich generation, and I find that's really relevant to my experience with COVID-19 now. I have parents that are in their late 80s, um, and they're not in town, so I can't see them. My father is uh, a practicing physician still at 86 and is going to work, and my mom is home. It's really isolating for them, and I I'm like, find a lot of my energy goes towards worrying about, are they gonna stay safe? Am I gonna see them again, really? And I'm also worried about my children and keeping them whole and happy. I'm recognizing this is a uh, event that will define their generation. These are defining moments and this is a big one. So I'm just trying to keep them calm and productive and still growing as human beings. Obviously, the whole world is on hold. And understandably, people's priorities are in surviving. Everyone's taking a hit and the circus is no different. The status of our tour in 2020 is um, promising given its timing, but it is certainly uncertain. I mean, nothing is certain. (laughs) Midnight Circus in the Parks has always been about more than entertainment. It's been about creating community. You know, we've we've always given away much more than we've taken in. Uh, I think there's going to be a shift, and I think I think organizations such as ours are going to be essential. That said. It's a challenge for so many, uh, and 
and I'm trying to remain in a place of gratitude because I'm sheltering in with uh, people that I really love. <laughs> so um, trying to keep my kids growing and evolving and becoming better humans and helping them try to process what's happening. And it's hard to help your children process it when you find that you can't really process it either. I think in the future, artists will be more important than ever. Artists naturally choose to let hope in. So I'm hoping <laughs> that um, together we'll all get through it and emerge with a different set of priorities for our country and the world. I'm hopeful that we all emerge safely and that the path forward is actually brighter than it was before this. Thanks to Julie Jenkins for talking to us. For more about Julie and Midnight Circus, check the show notes at circustalk.com slash news. See You Down the Road is produced by me and Zoe Kinnison. All of the music you heard in this episode was produced by me right here in isolation. Circus Talk is committed to helping artists during this time of crisis. On their site, they've started a COVID-19 page with resources for artists, up-to-date circus cancellations and postponements, and information about health in your region. They're also offering two free months of the Pro feature to all members to get full access to employment, audition, and residency information. Use the promo code COVID-19 with no hyphen to access the Pro membership for free. I'm Book Kinnison. I'll see you down the road.